Well, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to be back here for the new year. Yay. 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 God's good all the time. Sean is good all the time. My behavior's iffy, but, uh, but, my, <laughs> but my amness is intact. Yes. Yes. Let's just know that. So I thought for the new year, what I wanted to do, I thought, let's go to the Bible. <clears throat> Yay. <laughs> I like the Bible. And what I wanted to do is the words, uh, the words in red series. And I don't know if you're familiar with that, the words in red. The words in red are the actual teachings of Jesus. They're the words. If you get your words in red Bible and they make them, I have, I have one right here. And it's about, it, we're not here to worship Jesus. It has nothing to do with that. It, you know, because it's funny, if I said, oh, the words in Red Series by Wayne Dyer, people go, oh, that sounds fascinating. <laughs> Eckhart Tolle, oh, the Bible, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it is a bestseller, I'll have you know. <laughs> and it's not about worshiping Jesus. It's not about worshiping Wayne Dyer. It's not about worshiping any person. The teachings are good stuff, and the words in red are particularly good guides. They're really quite wonderful guides for rethinking everything, for rethinking our life, rethinking our, uh, well, everything, our body, our, our town, our money, our relationships. Is that tight? Butterfly. And so to begin to this series, and I thought it starts at Matthew chapter 4 is the first words in red. <clears throat> and it's after Jesus was baptized. And, and it's uh, for 40 days and for 40 nights, he, he fasted. Now, for, I guess, humanity's purpose. They, they say he ate nothing for 40 days and for 40 nights. Now, I'm, I'm quite certain that's not what he was fasting from. Fasting in his thinking. Fasting in his words. And then it says he became very hungry. <clears throat> Has anybody ever done a fast? not like a, a, a silence, you know, 40 day Vipassana. Oh, not that <clears throat> yeah, I've done 10. Uh, I know what I feel like at the end of that. Remember my first <laughs> doing Vipassana when I came out of it? Never have I sworn much in an hour's time as I did that when we broke the fast. These other guys were looking at me like, who is this guy? Like oh, man, bomb after bomb after bomb. I'm dropping in that backyard at the Vipassana Center. <clears throat> but I, I forgave myself. Okay, so this is how I'm chemicalizing right now. And so, it, it 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 this chapter talks about mentions Satan. Congratulations! Let's talk about Satan and evil and all that wonderful stuff. Satan is just our confused thoughts. It's our ego coming out. The people who put these stories together, because Jesus didn't write this. They put it together. They had to find a way to make the masses uh, submit, submit, you know, so let's scare them, 
let's scare people into, into behaving, into obeying this word. Somehow it didn't occur to these writers and these teachers to love people into, in, into shifting their thinking. So we in New Thought have to keep explaining certain words like Satan and sin and the devil and all that. And we'll, we'll explain it a little better. But when we hear here that Satan tempted him to get food by changing stones into loaves of bread. Change these rocks. And, and Jesus' response is no. These are the first words I read. No. For the scriptures tell us that bread won't feed men's souls. Obedience to every word of God is what we need. So, here he is. He's just fasted for all this time. <clears throat> he's uh, probably a little loopy. But he's come into his own without talking all the time and distracting himself from his true thoughts. He's come into his power. He's coming out of this fast far more powerful than he's ever been. Any of us could do that if we wanted to. If we're an interest. If we went within for 40 days and 40 nights without talking. You know, you can't write, you can't have music blasting at you, you can't have all that stuff. And perhaps, in my case, I couldn't even pray. So you've got to come up with new words for everything. And as you do this, as you go within, you find out, oh, none of my words accurately describe anything. None of my vocabulary accurately describes anything. And so you're kind of left with, what do I do? And for a lot of us, we come back out and we're, we try. We try to make the old way work now. Oh, now I'm spiritual. Now I can make the old way work. And what's the first thing that happens? The ego says to them, you're powerful. You're hungry. Eat, eat, turn the stone into bread and eat. You can, you have the power of transformation. I'll, you can alchemize things. And it's like, no, but that's not what I'm supposed to be feeding myself now. I need the word of God. I need the word of God. I need the word of love. I need the word of life. That's what I need to be eating from. I need new thoughts to be thinking rather than trying to make old thoughts work. And so fine. So next... The ego, Jesus' ego, takes him to Jerusalem, to the roof of the temple. And what does the ego say? Jump off. Jump off. He said, prove you're the son of God. God will send his angels to keep you from harm. And they will prevent you from smashing on the rocks. You know, come down become the amazing Jesus. <laughs> you know, and boom. And what is the next set of words in red? It also says not to put the Lord your God to a foolish test. You know, don't play those games with yourself. And, and, then, and then the last one is, took him up to the, his, he directed him up to the peak of the mountain and showed him the nations of the world and all their glory. And it said, I'll give it all to you if you will only kneel and worship me. Now, Satan is not a person. It's the ego saying, we're smart. We've got this down. 
surrender your will to me, the ego, and it's all going to be yours. And that's when the third response is, it says, get out of here. Get thee behind me, Satan. Uh, the scripture says, worship only the Lord God, obey only God. So what we're saying here is think the God thoughts. Do not attach to this world. Do not think that this world is your savior. Do not think that the floor is your savior, the sky is your savior. Do not think of another human being as your savior. Do not think, because savior, what is that? The savior implies that I'm in danger. <clears throat> and I guess, <clears throat> hello. Uh, it's a tough one. We don't really need saving. What we need is remembering and awakening. And I guess that's what I would equate with saving, with the Savior. The Savior is the one that wakes me up and says, hey, wake up. You're better than you think you are. You're so much more than what you think you are. Put that other voice behind you. Put the voice of lust behind you. And I'm not saying don't have sex. I'm saying the one that's compulsive lust, the one that's compulsive appetite, the, these compulsive things to try to satisfy your flesh. And it's not saying never eat again. Of course, we must nourish our body. We must nourish our mind. What, what it's saying here is do what's the next right thing for you to do. <clears throat> the next right thing. I call that good, orderly direction. God. One foot in front of the other to show up for the next right thing for you to think, for you to say, and for you to do. Early on in my healing, I heard that term, good orderly direction, and boy, that awakened me to a world of possibilities because I was no longer at the beck and call of a God that might or might not like me, of a God that was peeking around corners waiting to catch me. I was no longer applying that God to my ego. My ego wasn't what I didn't give the power to my ego to use that old mean God. I had good orderly direction, which had zero personality in it. Good orderly direction wasn't worried about me, whether or not I would awaken. Good orderly direction wasn't worried at all. Good orderly direction was simple. One foot in front of the other. That meant when I woke up, I said, thank you, God. That meant, oh, I got to go brush my teeth. And I'd go in and I'd look in the mirror and say, hi, God. And I would brush my teeth and I would do whatever else I needed to do. And then, okay, what's next? Well, maybe read, read something affirmative, something that, that will enlighten you. Maybe you need to call someone who knows more about this healing stuff than you do. So I would call people. And then I would go to a healing group that I went to. And then I might go to another healing group and meet with them and hear what they had to say about healing and awakening. And, and, then, and then I would go get ready for work and I would go to work and I would do my job better than I ever had before because I had less attitude about it than before. So I had fewer mental distractions because I was applying good orderly direction. I was applying good orderly direction. So if I was at work, and I, and I found a conflict, I would say, excuse me. And I would go to the restroom or a room where there was nobody, and I would pray. 
And my prayer was to offer myself over to the God of my understanding, which was getting better and nicer and kinder and loving. And I knew it was on my side and the person's side I was in conflict with. Because the conflict was in my mind more than theirs. You know, I was resistant to the way they were, the way they behaved, the way they were thinking. I was resistant to it. So I would go and say a prayer of surrender to the will of God. And I knew that the will of God was to, for us all to be happy, joyous, and free. So I was no longer going to fix them. I was no longer going to say, I'll show them. I was no longer going to do that because that, for me, was not good, orderly direction. For me, good, orderly direction was, where can I find peace in this? Where can I find joy in this? How can I better like this person and myself all at the same time? Those were my questions within my good, orderly direction. How can this become a prosperous situation for everyone how, and sometimes I, how can I do this and not hate myself? Because I became aware of just how much I hated myself for so long. In awakening, in expanding my consciousness, I really became aware of how much I had hated myself, how vehemently I had hated myself, unconsciously. I thought for years I was doing a lot to save myself, and I guess I was. But I was saving myself for awakening. But in the meantime, oh my gosh, the mean things I did to myself. And a lot of times the way I was mean to myself was in being mean to others. Being belligerent, being argumentative, looking for the flaws in others to protect myself. Why would I be looking to protect myself except I believed I was in danger? I didn't have these words back then. I wasn't conscious of any of this. But as I awakened, as I began to love myself, I saw just how much I had hated myself and how unkind I was to myself and how I would deprive myself through cigarettes and alcohol and excess of food and uh, resentments. But always, I, I, had, I grew up in my family where I needed to protect myself from them because they, well, they hated themselves too. My family hated themselves. It was very clear. We were a family of hate and didn't know any better. Really did not know any better. Believed in hell and damnation and a god of fury and a mean old Santa Claus. And, you know, it, it was just, it wasn't kind. We were not kind people. We were barely nice. And we didn't know any better. And, and a lot of substance abuse and what have you. And I, uh, I at one certain point, I wanted different. I wanted different. Reyes are just saying about ordinary miracles. Ordinary, what, what is an ordinary miracle? It's when I'm kind to someone instead of being unkind, where I would have been unkind a day ago, two days ago. That's an ordinary miracle. An ordinary miracle is when I forgive someone. And what is to forgive? When I no longer have an attachment 
for their mistake or my mistake. That's an ordinary miracle. It's an everyday thing. An ordinary miracle is when I choose not to act out on a substance. It's when I choose to say, God, which foot next? An ordinary miracle is when I can look at someone who has treated me so poorly and admit they are, they are a beloved child of God too. And I don't like them. And I don't like how I've seen them behave. But there is not a separation between us. I'm judging the being based on the behavior. And when I quit doing that, and the way I began to quit doing that is when others did it for me. It's when people loved me in spite of my behavior. It's when people were kind to me in spite of me forgetting my God self. It's when people knew I had a light that I was failing to see. And they were so generous with me, and I've had several of those over the years. We all have, but not all of us pay attention. Not all of us are willing to see the light that's being reflected back to us. But I, I did. I chose to see when somebody uh, was showing light. Many years ago, David and I were at Unity Village for a convention, and we met a man named Gregory, who on the first night, he invited like 20 of us out to dinner. Now, the best restaurant near Unity Village at that point was Outback. And he said, how about I take you all to Outback for lobsters and steak? I said, yes, because I like Outback. <clears throat> and so we all walk in, and it's closing time. Oh, stop, it's got a good ending. <laughs> and, and, and the manager said, oh, I'm sorry, we're closing. And Greg said, well, I've got 20 people here for lobsters and steaks. And the man said, well, we'll stay open. <laughs> so we all sit down. The server was a teenager. Summertime, she wanted to go home or somewhere. She was not happy to be taken care of us. And it was very clear that she wasn't happy. And I, I'd never met Gregory before, but, and he didn't see me see him. And, but I, I saw him say to the person next to him, you know, she's not very happy that we're here. She's got a big attitude, but I'm going to give her a big tip anyway. He didn't punish her. Mm -hmm. He didn't torture her. He didn't have to show her who was boss. At least not, he didn't have to show her that he was boss. Gregory believed in God. And so he let God flow through him and, and said, I will shine the light in this way on her. She can see it or not see it. But I'm not going to ruin my day because she's upset and I'm not going to make her day worse because she's not loving me right now. It was a, I tithed to him the next time I saw him because that was a powerful, powerful example for me. There would have been a time I would have punished her. You know, you don't understand. We're about to give you big money here and everything. It was just so simple what he did. So very simple. And if we pay attention, there are lots of people to be our teachers 
until we become the one who is the teacher. And some of you in this room may already be the teachers. I've seen David do wonderful things, wonderful anonymous things for people over the years. I, I Some of you have been kind to me on days when I just wasn't happy with myself in my own skin. Now, it, it, it all works together when we say, you know, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, those other thoughts. I don't need you anymore. I no longer need to be protected with my negativity. I no longer need to protect myself and surround myself with my resentments. I no longer need to live as if I'm under attack. I no longer need to live that way. Why? Because in truth, I'm not under attack. Now, we would have to understand the body probably still will die. It could die naturally. We could be shot by someone. We could be, you know, physically taken away somehow. Disease, elements. There are ways. But that does not mean we were attacked. That means my body, it would no longer be in the form it was. As God is for me, nothing could be against me. And that's the Jesus Christ teaching there. Wait a minute, I don't have to become a grand example of magic tricks. I don't have to show off my power the example he gave, and it's what we all can do. We can say, you're powerful. Sure, I'm powerful, but you're powerful, and you're powerful, and you're powerful, and you're powerful. You, 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 you are all powerful. You all, oh, you two are powerful, too. Uh, we're all powerful. <clears throat> and so, to real, oh, wait a minute. That, that was what he was saying. You guys are, don't look at me. I'm not going to show myself to be the all-powerful one, and then you'll worship me, which so many stupid Christians have done. Uh, <laughs> use him as an example of the power that's in you. Do the right thing for you to do. I watched Diane last night. She didn't have a song prepared. She didn't know. So she went, we've got three books, three shelves of songbooks in there. And and she's and I see her in there looking, looking, looking. And I thought, oh, there's lots of simple stuff here. This, this. She comes out with the Broadway score to Tommy, <laughs> and and she gets up and sings Pinball Wizard. <laughs> Who is going to risk that? <laughs> That's not. I was so impressed, and at one point it fell apart, and it didn't. It took a man afterward to explain to her how the melody went in this one verse. I went, I went back to that melody, not the normal. That's why none of us could figure it out. Not even me. <laughs> I looked. I said, "Oh, did the <coughs> it didn't." Uh, we were entertained, and she sang it well. Her voice was strong on it. <laughs> And I thought, if she worked on this song and had a clue what she was singing about in regards to your own life, yeah. that would be an amazing piece in your repertoire. Wow. And you might consider it. I might. Yeah, coach with David or somebody. And uh, really get that, find out what do these lyrics mean to me. But 
she did it, and we were all entertained. Nobody cared, uh, you know, if she... It was just wonderful. And I, was, I thought, that's brave, and that's powerful. Anytime you get up and anybody takes a risk like that, you know, it's powerful. It's very powerful. When people do things out of their comfort zone, what they're saying is, I can. I'm doing this because I can. They're not showing off usually. It's, it's like I'm letting God flow through me. I'm doing something that so many other people can. Most people cannot jump off a roof and land like this. <laughs> you know, that, that's testing. <clears throat> it's testing the Lord our God. But to say, I want to sing. Jesus didn't really want to jump off a roof. Nor did he want to own the world or rule the school, as it were. And uh, that was not the goal in order to be revered by others. Diane didn't do that to be revered by us last night. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you did, you should have sang it better than that. But you showed up and you sang, you took a hard song, what I consider a hard song, what most of us, and you did it. And so we must do what is right for us to do. So today, this week, as you go about your day, ask yourself, am I doing what is right for me to do? Am I acting on love or resentment? Am I acting on love or fear? These words I'm about to speak, are they based in love or are they based in fear? These actions, this money I'm about to make, is it based on love or fear? Is everything I do based in love or ego maniacal showing off. What is the right thing for me to think? Okay. What is the right thing for me to say and what is the right thing for me to do? What is the next right thing so that I wouldn't become my own source? And so that I would not make something less than God my source, something temporary. That's what's less than God, something temporary. So that I don't make money my source. So that I don't make politics my source. So that I don't make my spouse my source. So that I don't make my body my source. So that I don't make the floor my source. I don't make food my source. I don't make alcohol, cigarettes, drugs, or whatever else my source. I allow love to be my source. Good, orderly direction. What is the next right thing for me to think? What's the next right thing for me to say? What's the next right thing for me to do? I am listening. I am listening. We're about to hear what has always been, every time I've ever heard it, a splendid piece of music. And, uh, yeah, you can work your way back up here. It's you. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> it's, for me, impressive that he allows this to flow through him. 
mostly because I wouldn't have a clue how to let that, this, flow through me. But I don't have to because he does. I don't have to do this. He does it for me. And so I invite you to give yourself the pleasure and the beloved gift of just enjoying Mark Janus and his talent.